could shine between the lines if you would let yourself go find some place you know you can use your words use your hands you can change the world you just pretend express yourself take a chance and you'll see who you'll be it's time to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Helen Keller. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice of America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Maggie Campioni, and today's show is about diplomacy and unity. Recently, our country has seen what division can do and how harmful it can be. And I truly believe that unity, empathy, and mutual respect are some of the most important things to focus on right now. I hope that everyone has been able to deal with the current events in a way that is beneficial for you. And express yourself and be the star you are will always be here for you, especially in these trying times. And I'm Andrea Smith. Be the star you are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are so thrilled to be serving the world. And if you'd like to help us celebrate by being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on the Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. We have an amazing show planned for today. In the first segment, I will be talking about my personal beliefs and what has been going on and why I love politics. What I'm most excited for is interviewing Katherine Manning in segment two. In segment three, Andrea will be featuring her newest segment in the spotlight, talking about diplomacy and international affairs. But now I will be talking about politics in my segment, The American Connection. There's never been a better or worse time to love politics. In the midst of political divide in our country, a global pandemic, a new administration, and the Capitol riots that happened two short weeks ago, there's so many problems in our country that tensions are high and people are equipped with sources to have debates with family, friends, or acquaintances alike. Trust me, I would know. For some backstory, I had never really cared about politics until quarantine. My mom always told me that there are two things that you should never discuss at a dinner party, politics and religion. Living near a nation's capital, it's hard to avoid these topics, especially politics. But I tended to keep my mouth shut and just listen if it came up. 
However, I've always loved to debate. In third grade, my classmate and I would get into heated arguments about various topics, like is mental work as exhausting as physical work? It is. Is it necessary to describe the sky as clear, bright blue for a story instead of just simply saying the sky? It is. And even though my classmate claimed to have one every time, in my mind, it was obvious that I was the clear victor. So flash forward three years. It's March 2020. COVID cases are in the news. We are facing a global, a global pandemic. Virtual learning is my new norm. And our former President Trump was just impeached. I was bored out of my right mind. So I started to research. I researched economics, politics, current events. You name it, I wanted to learn more. I watched the nightly news with my mom. I looked up articles on social justice. At almost every family dinner table, I started to debate with my older brother. We had, we, we had and still have very different views on things. His views are more conservative and mine are definitely more liberal. For, and for as long as my parents could tolerate it, we would debate economics, social justice, renewable energy, the current president, and healthcare. As I said before, I live right by D.C., and as most of you know, two weeks ago, Trump supporters stormed the Capitol building. Trump supporters were told by our former president that he won the election against President Biden, and they needed to fight back. However, this claim that he won the election has been proven wrong multiple times by the Congress and multiple courts. They have all ruled that President Biden won the election. Because of that, Trump supporters stormed the Capitol building and ended up hurting not only people, but our country and what we stand for. I say this because we have experienced what happens when the person in charge of our country ends up having such a horrible impact on it and its people. And I don't mean to and I don't mean to say that this hasn't happened on the other side because it has. But the difference is that in these riots, the person who sparked the violence and even encouraged it is the person that the United States is supposed to look up to, use as an example, and represent our country to the rest of the world. I believe that as a country, we need to work together to create a respectful environment, a country where people can listen and communicate and work towards a greater good. These events are polarizing. They put people against each other. Our former president stood for division, not unity. And whether you loved him or hated him, that's something that should and needs to be recognized. When people are so against one another that they can't work together, that's when things like this start to happen. A couple weeks ago, my brother and I got into a debate about how school should be funded. My dad stopped our debate and asked us to ask and asked us a couple questions. He asked us what the most important parts of schooling are and the formula for succeeding in school. It turns out that my brother and I actually do agree on the answer to that, but we just have completely different ways of getting to the same endpoint. This doesn't mean that we shouldn't and can't debate. This also doesn't mean that we completely agree or have a tangible solution. We're only teenagers, but we recognize that we aren't the complete opposite. Both of us are still trying to understand the other person's point of view, but we've gotten better at listening and respecting different opinions. I personally believe that if everyone could do that, and if we had leaders that stood for respect, understanding, and compassion, our country would be a much better place. I really look forward to the next four years, as now President Biden and Vice President Harris seek to rebuild a unified nation. But what should we, normal people in our country, do to move forward? 
Well, every day before I go to school, my mom says this. Respect yourself and others. Do the best you can and enjoy your day. I think that everyone should at least think of that quote before they do anything. The first part, at least. Promoting the idea of mutual respect is really important. Whether you show respect by not making that snide comment, or not talking over others in an argument, or knowing when to stop in any scenario, respect is such an important thing. Another thing that I believe should be encouraged is empathy, or putting yourself in another person's shoes. When you're empathetic, you become a more compassionate and understanding leader, which is very important for running a functioning society. One more thing. A smile or small compliment can make someone's day. It makes me really happy whenever I'm walking somewhere and someone says that they love my outfit, or whether I smile at someone and they smile back. Little things can make everyone so much happier and so much more unified. Thank you, and remember to always stay connected. Oh, I absolutely loved your segment, Maggie. I just completely agree with everything that you've said and that right now more than ever, we need that mutual respect and we need to learn again how to be open-minded and realize that we all have the same end goal, like you said, but we just maybe have different ways of getting there. And so I just think that that is an amazing mindset to have to really move forward in the next four years and to really unite everyone, no matter what party you're part of. Um, Because at the end of the day, we're all humans and we're all just wanting to have a sustainable and healthy society. And so um, going into politics and especially with the inauguration being today and the new campaign, the new like presidency, what do you think is the most important part in being a leader or a president? I think, like I said, like definitely like empathy and compassion and integrity, like doing the right thing, even when nobody is watching. I think that if you have a president that has that as their foundation, it's like an understanding of other people, compassion for their country and the people that they are bleeding and just like integrity and wanting to do the right thing. I think that that's definitely the most important thing in a leader or president. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, actually. I think that being selfless and again, like having empathy um, is extremely important in being a leader. And especially, I think a lot of people don't really realize how big of a role the president plays in international diplomacy and in international affairs and how like the president represents us to all the countries around the world and our relationships with other countries are just so important when it comes to international trade and just peace and overall in general, especially in the United States, since we are just such a major country and we're so involved in um, international affairs in different countries. And so I completely agree that it is absolutely necessary for our leader to have respect for other people, to be open-minded and to be really sincere in their goals. And, um, I was curious today, like you mentioned that you lived in, you live close to DC. So did you watch the inauguration and what was your favorite part? Yeah, I did watch the inauguration. We actually got like an hour off of um, virtual school just to watch it. My favorite part was definitely when I think the youngest like poet 
Lorelet, I think that's how, how you say it. Um, Amanda Gorman, she recited a really beautiful poem oh, just yeah. about like how we should all like, kind of be unified and how we've kind of like gone through the ringer for lack of a better term this past year. And I absolutely loved it. It like it brought tears to my eyes. It was amazing. Yeah, it literally brought me chills. Like I was it yeah. was so amazing. And she was the young she was only twenty-two years old. And I just her writing was absolutely beautiful and it just was so inspiring as well. Like it I feel like it really like inspired people to do better and hopefully like I think it's just such a powerful start to this presidency and a powerful start to 2021 and the next four years and um do you and so to like do you have any other tips for like learning about politics especially during this time and like what I think what like media sources to trust as well I think um, definitely just, like, do your research. My mom would always say that she loves to watch BBC, the British, like, broadcasting network, because they're from, like, another country. They're broadcasting from another country, so it's kind of easier to have an unbiased opinion. I think um, definitely, like, the news, um, just, like, looking up stuff on your own, however, or however, it can be, like, really hard to get unbiased sources from the internet. So just trying to um, have, like, a variety of sources from different, um, like, points of view. And NPR is always a really good source. I really love, like, NPR. And, um, like, reading your daily newspaper, I think, is really important. That can have you, like, be involved in what's happening locally. And if you get, like, the Washington Post or the New York Times, um, stuff like that can really, like, help you get like, learn what's going on around the country. Like, every morning, I I read the New York, or I read the Washington Post with my mom, and it's really great. Yeah, I agree with you. I liked what you said about reading, like, different perspectives, and I think it's really cool how your mom, um, like, reads, like, the BBC News, and you, like, obviously, like, seem to read your news and watch it from a variety of sources, and I think that's really important to get different perspectives. I, um, I, like, personally also do that a lot. I like to see, I like to watch, um, like, all different forms of media, um, ones that, like, my favorites are definitely the New York Times as well and the mm -hmm. Washington Post. And um, it's just interesting to see the different viewpoints and the different spins. But I think that it's really important to ensure that what you're reading is factual and it's not based off of rumors or conspiracies, but it is like the just straight facts of like what happened. Yeah, and definitely. Yeah. And so I loved our conversation today. Again, I loved your segment. It, I am in complete agreement with what you said but unfortunately we are out of time listeners show your love for more segments by donating to the btsya 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at be the star you are.org keep listening for more as we interview katherine manning in the next segment Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. 
Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Today, we have Katherine Manning with us. She was the Senior Attorney Advisor at the Department of Justice and has over 25 years experience for consulting on trauma and victimization. For 15 years, she has counseled on victims' rights in high-profile cases and has trained thousands on their compliance with the rights of victims. She has also recently published her book, The Empathetic Workplace, Five Steps to a Compassionate, Calm, and Confident Response to Trauma in the Job. We're so happy to have you on the show, Catherine. Welcome to Express Yourself. Thank you so much for having me. So um, we have a couple questions here, and um, I was actually wondering, like, what did you do at your job at the Department of Justice, and like, what specifically was it? Yeah, so my job was I was a senior attorney advisor at the Executive Office for U.S. Attorneys, which meant that it was my job to support the work of the different prosecutors around the country, and the way that I did that was by being an expert in victim rights. So what that meant is my job was really three different tasks. I wrote a lot of department policy on how DOJ interacts with victims. So things like, what are the rules around talking with child victims? Or how do you make sure that victims in a giant fraud case with, you know, a million victims, how do you make sure that those victims know about the case and are able to participate in it? So some of it was policy, some of it was training. So I would train um, law enforcement agents and victim advocates and prosecutors in what their obligations were under the law and under policy um, when it came to victims. And then I did a lot of just what I thought of as consulting, you know, so somebody would call with a question in a case, like, what do I do? Um, how do I, you know, make sure that this victim has the role that he or she wants? Or how do I help this person who's in a really tough situation? And I would be there to kind of help them figure out the path forward for the victims in those cases. Wow, that is so incredible. I um, I really want to go into law when I'm older. So hearing your career path is so fascinating to me. And 
Um, your job at the Department of Justice, is that what inspired you, like hearing all these stories about these victims? Is that what inspired and like what you saw in your job? Is that what inspired you to um, write your book, The The Empathetic Workplace? Yeah, it really is. I mean, so I began working um, with victims really um, in college. So I got my first um, volunteer role at a domestic violence shelter when I was in college. And that really was very formative for me, um, working, you know, talking with these domestic violence victims and, and really inspired me to want to help them. And so that's what made me go to law school. And so I went to law school after that. And um, first I went to a law firm, but always um, in the back of my mind was this desire to help victims. And so when um, I was able to get the job at the Justice Department, I was so thrilled to have this opportunity to um, really make an impact for victims nationwide. And you know, the Justice Department works on all different kinds of cases. So it could be a huge terrorism case or a child exploitation case, a human trafficking case, all different types of um, crime that the Justice Department investigates and prosecutes. And one of the things that I came to realize through, I I was there for 15 years, um, and one of the things I came to realize over that time is that there are certain things that we all need when we're going through a traumatic situation. And it didn't matter if you were a fraud victim or a terrorism victim or, you know, somebody who lost a loved one to homicide. There were just certain things that everybody needed. Um, And so I I started just thinking about those and really those, those things became kind of my touchstone as I would work through helping people in particular cases. And the other thing that I found that was sort of funny is those same touchstones applied even in situations like around the office. So for instance, if a coworker was really, really furious about the way his boss had spoken to him in a meeting and he was pacing around my office all angry, (laughs) um, I would use the same kind of skills that I would use when I was on a hotline call with a domestic violence victim. I mean, when we get um, really worked up and kind of agitated like that, there are just the same kinds of things that we need to help us kind of regulate and calm down and, and get the support we need through those times. And so I started thinking about those um those different touchstones. And then in 2018, the Me Too movement happened. And Me Too was just so exciting for me because I had been doing victim work for so long. And I was so thrilled to see people talking about these issues on a broader level. Um, But one of the things that I found sort of frustrating about Me Too is I felt like it did a great job of telling survivors that it's okay to share their stories, but it didn't do a very good job at teaching everybody else how to listen, you know, (laughs) like how to be an empathetic listener and how to support somebody who has just shared a story of trauma. So that's really when I started to write the book was in 2018. And then in the way of publishing, it takes two years for the book to come out. Um, And in that time, suddenly, we had this national experience of trauma with the coronavirus. And, you know, we've lost, I think, you know, more than 400,000 people and just really, really devastating losses all over um, the world, really, due to the coronavirus at the same time that we're experiencing political upheaval, economic uncertainty, environmental disaster. And so 
I think it's even more important now than when I first started thinking about the book, that we all are thinking through how to support each other through times of trauma. That's really interesting. Um, And so you mentioned like how the Me Too movement didn't really like put a spotlight on how to be an empathetic listener and listen to others when they share a story of trauma. So how should we respond when someone shares a story of trauma? Well, um, so I feel like there are really five steps and those are the the kind of five steps in the book. And, um, and I have a little acronym to help people remember them because one of the things I think that is important to understand about trauma is the way that it affects your brain. So when somebody is going through a traumatic experience, there's a few things that just biologically happen to us. And it's kind of just the way we were made, the way that we're hardwired. So for instance, um, if we are, if, if our brains sense that we are in a dangerous situation, we get a flood of adrenaline, right? Because we might need to run or fight or something like that. And then in addition, we get, um, the parts of our brain that are less useful to protect us in a, in, like in a fight, um, get kind of muted. So we have both a surge of adrenaline and then also um, some parts of our brain and most importantly, the rational decision-making part of our brain kind of gets muted because we don't need to like analyze some really long article in that moment. We need to run, right? And so our brains did this for very you know, logical and and great self-protective reasons, but it can be challenging um, in a in a moment when you know you you might suddenly feel like you're in danger and maybe you're not. Um, so, for instance, if somebody is recounting a story of trauma, they might get that same flood of adrenaline, right? They get a little bit agitated and fidgety. Or they might um, sort of struggle to express themselves. Then the other thing that happens um, to our brains that I think is important to understand is when we receive a story of trauma, um, we are all hardwired for empathy. Um, It is just baked into us that we feel a little bit of the feelings of the people that we're interacting with. Feelings are contagious. And so that's, for instance, if, um, if I'm, you know, I see somebody laughing really hard across the room, I might start to smile or even laugh myself, even if I have no idea what they're laughing about, just because those feelings are contagious. Um, Now, when you're working with somebody or talking to somebody in trauma, those feelings are contagious too. And so it's one of the challenges in being supportive of those in trauma is recognizing that we might start to feel some of those kind of fidgety adrenaline kind of you know, surges. And sometimes that makes us think, I just want to get out of here. I just want to end this conversation. And I think sometimes people get a sense of self-blame. They feel like, gosh, I'm just such a jerk. I can't believe this guy is telling me that his mom is so sick. And all I can think is I just want him to stop talking. So one of the first things I want people to understand is just that that's a normal biological response. That means that you're an empathetic human. (laughs) Um, But also because of that, that's why it was really important to me to come up with an acronym for the five steps, because I knew that our rational brains are not kind of working at full capacity in those moments. So the five steps are listen, acknowledge, share, meaning share information, empower, meaning empower them with resources, and then return. And those, the 
the acronym there is laser. And so my goal is to help people remember to stay laser focused on the person in trauma and what are their needs in that moment. And then each of those steps, you know, obviously has a lot to it. And so that's really what I go into in the book. Um, but honestly, I will say just for um, the listeners here, the most important two steps are those first two. So listen and acknowledge. And honestly, I think if we can get better at just doing those two, we are going to make such a difference in the world. And listening really means um, being willing to just sit with somebody in their pain, not try to deny or distract from it, not change the subject, just kind of sit there and, and be willing to hear it. And then acknowledge is just a quick um, I hear you, that sounds really hard, or that sounds really scary, whatever it sincerely sounds to you. Um, and if we can just do those two things, I think it really can do a tremendous amount to help people get on the path to healing from the traumas that they're experiencing. Yeah, I think that's so important to know. And thank you for sharing that with us, especially like now during um, this global pandemic I think it's so important to know how to address people that have gone through trauma and to be able to connect with them without feeling like guilty or feeling bad about yourself or like feeling that you don't know what to say. I know that in the past, um, I struggled with that. Like I had friends who like went through hard like times and sometimes I wouldn't really know what to say to make them feel better. And like, I'd feel it in myself. And I, it just, um, I think it's really important to know how to, like, it's a skill that everybody can use to really like help spread feelings of love to everyone. And how is the pandemic, how do you think the pandemic is affect, affecting mental health, like in our nation? Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been pretty awful, honestly. So our Rates of anxiety have tripled in the last year. Depression rates have skyrocketed. We're seeing an increase in suicide. So it's really a mental health crisis right now. And one of the challenges is we're also in this time where we're more distant than ever before. And our social skills are starting to dwindle. Like people, there have been studies that have shown that because we're not having just those everyday interactions where you see somebody on the street or in your neighborhood or at work or at school, um, our social skills are starting to dwindle and um, right at the time when we need them the most. So it's, it's really been challenging. Um, so I think before you mentioned how like empathy is so important and in the midst of a new administration coming, how do you think leaders can lead with empathy? I think it's really, really important. Um, and I was so pleased to see in uh, President Biden's inaugural address that he focused so much on unity and made a, um, a big part of the, the whole ceremony um, acknowledging the coronavirus deaths. I think it's really essential that leaders in this era acknowledge the pain of this time and what everybody is going through. I think we do need sort of a national reckoning with what we've been experiencing over this past year with coronavirus, as well as with the political upheaval and economic uncertainty. So I think it's really, really important that leaders um, 
address these issues in a um, forthright way. You know, I think sometimes people are afraid to talk about grief. They're afraid to talk about um, pain because they want to be always seen as, well, really strong and really um, on top of everything. And I'm kind of here to make sure that nobody has to experience those things. But I think in reality, what we need is somebody to model for us that it's okay to feel those hard feelings. Um, and that's one of the most powerful things that a leader can do is to to say, yes, I recognize this is really scary. This is a hard time. One of the things that I really loved early on in coronavirus was Jacinta Arden in New Zealand. She, from the very beginning, was very, very good at leading with empathy. And um, one of the things that she would do is she had, in addition to her her press briefings, you know, her kind of official um, conversations with her country, she would do these Facebook live events um, at night after she put her child to bed, she would come back on and do a Facebook live. And she would just have these um, very honest conversations. And I remember one of the things she did early on was um, there was a, they had to do a kind of a national alert, right? So there was a big siren that went on before they put in all of the restrictions because they wanted to make sure, obviously, that people knew that those were coming. Um, And she came on that night and she said, first, I just want to acknowledge that it may have been really scary for everybody to hear that siren. And maybe some of your kids got upset about it. And I know that can be hard. I want you to understand why we did that. And we did that because it was really important that everybody understand these new restrictions that we're going to have in place. Um, and when leaders can do that, when they can talk about things, acknowledge the hard things, it it both shows everybody that it's okay to talk about hard things. And it really has this incredibly powerful effect on trust among the team. Right. So and the team can be your soccer team or it can be your university or it can be your nation. Right. When the leader shows that it's okay to talk about um, the challenging issues, those that kind of um, group discussion of hard things is a really powerful way of building strong trust relationships among people. And it's really um, the key to productivity, to um, creativity, uh, good communication, all of those things flow out of trust. And the key to trust is really being able to talk about the hard things together. Yes, I completely agree with what you were saying. And I noticed that like, even on a grassroots level, like at school or at swim or in my community, like whenever um, the like leaders, um, whether that be my teacher or the principal or my coach, um, like whenever they come out and they acknowledge like what we're feeling, uh, like we had recently a tragedy that happened at our school with like a loss of a student and when the teachers came out and acknowledged how we felt and acknowledged our grief, it, I think it really brought us all together and it, it just brought the team together. And I think we were able to like move past it together, which was really powerful. And I've also noticed that I think, well, a lot of my friends like at my school or just people that I know that like they, 
feel like when they don't get that acknowledgement, they feel that like they're not worthy of help or they feel like they're not their problems aren't like big enough for to get to have therapy or to talk about it with someone because they feel like it's something that's dismal, even though it's taking a really like big toll on their lives. And I wanted to ask you like what your take was on that and what you would say to that person. Yeah, gosh. Well, first of all, just I'm so sorry about the loss of your classmate. That's really, really awful and hard. And I'm I'm glad that you had leadership at the school and the teachers and coaches who were willing to talk about that and allow the students to um, to just hear and acknowledge that. I think that's really important. Um, and you're absolutely right that that acknowledgement piece is so important. And when people feel like um, their feelings are not acknowledged or that they're not allowed to have those feelings, it's not like they go away, right? They just, they just kind of fester and they get kind of, um, they sink down into us and they affect us in a lot of ways. They come out in, in strange times. So um, I think it's really important wherever possible that we try to acknowledge our feelings you know, as they're happening in healthy ways, you know, by talking them out or writing about them. A lot of people do phenomenal things with artwork. Um, exercise is a great way um, of dealing with feelings as well. But absolutely, you're right that that acknowledgement piece is so important. It's also really crucial to diplomacy, which I know is um, one of the issues that you guys are talking about here today. Um you know, at, at the Justice Department, one of my key roles was this policy role. And um, one of the things that I found was um, we could get really stuck on issues because people had some some unidentified um, issue um, that hadn't been acknowledged. And until that got acknowledged, there was going to be kind of no further discussion. So it's really, really important at every level that we learn about how to how to hear each other and acknowledge um, each other's experiences. I think I truly completely agree with what you just said. And especially um, I think like validating our own emotions is so important because even if something doesn't seem like a big problem, it may be a big problem to you and it may take such a big toll on your mental health and your happiness and how you feel. And I think that it's so important to have like people to acknowledge your emotions and to help you validate them and say you are worthy of feeling pain and feeling sad. And well, going back to your book, if there was one thing that you wanted people to take from your book, what would it be? I think just the understanding that um, the the best way we can support people in trauma is by being willing to sit with them in that moment of pain without judgment and without a rush to fix it or to smooth it over or get past it. Be willing to just sit with them in that moment because it really can make all the difference if you know that you're not alone um, as you're sitting there in that painful moment. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. I absolutely loved our segment, our conversation today. And um, everything that you said today was just so informative. So thank you so much for spending your time with us tonight. And um, listeners, please be sure to check out Catherine's website at 
www.katherinemanning.com and her book, The Empathetic Workplace. Please show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. Keep listening for more as I present to you my segment in the next segment, segment three. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to Express Yourself. Today's show is all about diplomacy and politics. In segment three, Andrea Smith will be reporting on her newest segment, In the Spotlight. Take it away, Andrea. Thank you, Maggie. And hello, everyone. So today in my segment, I will be talking about diplomacy and international affairs and how I really first just became in love with the subject. So I think to start off, I'll talk about um, going into freshman year, what I got involved with in high school that really introduced me to international affairs. And that would be Model United Nations. And I would really encourage um, all the listeners, if you have MUN at your school or something like it, to definitely join. And in my experience, like I, um, so basically in MUN, you debate with other delegates and you represent a country and you debate on topics such as climate change, um, cybersecurity, like the genocide in Myanmar and just different topics that the United Nations um, target and discuss every single day. And recently I had a conference at Columbia MUN. It was virtual and it was last weekend. And we had a United Nations ambassador come and speak with us. And he represented the country of Trinidad. And he basically spoke with us about what it's like to speak with other delegates with other delegates from uh, representing different countries around the world and what it's like to do that as a living every single day and to talk about global policy and sustainability and 
piece and he talked and we asked him what the most important part in global policy, what is most important when speaking to other nations representatives and he really talked about how earlier how we were talking about respect and um, sovereignty as the two fundamentals in diplomacy and I think that when I heard that and like thinking back on my time in MUN like how important that is to um, acknowledge other people's opinions and acknowledge like what they're saying and respecting their opinion as well as respecting every country's sovereignty and the basic human rights of all citizens and around the world and so that experience as a whole just made me fall in love with international affairs and I'm also very involved in um, broadcast journalism at my school. So I'm hoping that for myself, I go into a career that intertwines international politics and journalism. I'm going to study um, justice and peace studies at Georgetown University next year. So I'm very excited to do that and to continue expanding my knowledge on global politics because I think that it's so important, especially during this time, to be really aware on different global issues because I feel like our generation is the generation that's going to be able to really tackle these really important issues that need to be addressed like climate change and sustainability and poverty and hunger. Wow. Um, I loved everything that you just said. I think like the fact that you're going to Georgetown, which like is one of the best like schools for international relations, like in the country. That's insane. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I think so personally, when I was younger, um, I loved to travel and I loved to like learn about new countries and all of that stuff. And I talked to my dad about it, I think like a couple of years ago. And he was like, wow, do you know what like diplomacy is? Like, do you know what that is? And that was like my first way of actually knowing that it was a real career. So what would you say to teens who want to learn more about politics and especially international affairs? Yeah, I definitely like think that to really start learning about it, to definitely um, go on the United Nations website and they have, well, a they started this sustainable development goals campaign in 2015 where there's 17 sustainable development goals and you can go in and read about every single one of them and they cover a wide variety of issues that are going on in our world right now and I think that's an amazing way to really start learning about global issues and about like just thinking about solutions to these issues that we can put into place and into practice and seeing what countries are doing right now to put that into their practice in their own countries, um, like the Paris Treaty Agreement and just other things that have been going on that have been facilitated by the United Nations to really move towards um, sustainability and a peaceful society. Wow, that's really cool. And um, so what's the most, like, interesting topic you've covered in Model UN? Um, I'd say that 
I think that my favorites would definitely be I did a topic on West African terrorism and it was in the Security Council and in that I learned a lot about how terrorism arises and how it has to do a lot with governmental stability and so I was able to do a lot of research on how to on what is the foundation of a government and how to maintain peace and how like fragile governments can be at times and how important it is for um for us to work together to maintain that stability and it makes me think as well like everything that is going on in our nation with all the riots and everything and it scares me because democracy can be so fragile and I think it's really important for us to unite together. Um, Another topic that I also found really interesting was climate change. I'm I like was able to think of different sustainable technologies that we could put into place in the future to really move away from the use of like gas and cars and oil and to move more towards solar energy and wind panels and different things like that. Wow, that's really interesting. Thank you so much, Andrea. I absolutely loved your segment. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Thanks for listening to Super Smart Sundays here on Express Yourself. Please support the Be Be the Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at BeTheStarYouAre.org. Please consider a donation as it is the new year. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. And thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I hope that you can do little things to create a better and more loving community this year. Be diplomatic. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself